Hi everyone, it's Hermes of Alpha Beta Consulting, here with your weekly hewing message. In today's world, it's easy for us to become weighed down, saddled, burdened, oppressed, what have you, with our personal concerns as well as the concerns of the world. But I'm here to tell you, let nothing cripple our praise. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. Luke 13, 12 to 13. These verses are taken from the story of Jesus healing a crippled woman. He was teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath when he observed a woman crippled and bent over, unable to stand up straight. In compassion, this is my addition, as this is not in the text, Jesus declared her healing, reaching out, laid his hands on her, whereupon she was healed instantly. She immediately stood up straight and began praising God. This is quite a story for at least three reasons. One, Jesus, a guest in the synagogue of another, dared to commit this act of healing on the Sabbath, a day when, according to Jewish tradition, no work should be done. Two, Jesus, a teacher, dared to interact with one who was crippled in an age when such afflictions were considered the wage of sin of either one's parents or oneself. And three, Jesus, a man, dared to commit this act of healing for a woman in an age when women and children enjoyed a lesser status. The leader of the synagogue was indignant in the face of this act performed by Jesus. For, in one fell swoop, this teacher, who should know better, disregarded the law and practice of God's people. Of course, included in the indignation of the synagogue leader was the fear of what other leaders, the Pharisees, the scribes, and high priests would say if they learned of this act that had been committed in a synagogue under his charge. Jesus, as he typically did, promptly and effectively silenced the objection of the leader. The result? The entire crowd rejoiced at the wonderful things he was doing. Friends, my question to you now is this. Is anything holding up your praise? There are two moments at which the people in the story, according to Luke, burst into praise. The woman at the moment that she was healed and the people after Jesus had silenced his opponents. So, what is impairing your praise? What is crippling your praise? Are you waiting to be healed? Are you waiting for your circumstances to change? 
Are you waiting to see the result of God's work in your life? Are you buried under your personal concerns or so consumed by the trials of the world that your praise of God is muted at best and absent at worst? When was the last time you burst into praise just because? Friends, God is always at work lest you forget he neither slumbers nor sleeps as we read in Psalm 121 or as Isaiah 55 tells us God's word does not return to him empty the word of the Lord endures forever and while we fade away like grass his word does not as we read in 1st Peter chapter 1 verse 25 so again i ask what is crippling our praise now i acknowledge that there is much that consumes our energy in fact there is much that consumes my energy the state of crime in my country trinidad and tobago the inflationary trends the world over the impact of global warming the wars that continue to be fought, the attacks on places of worship. To this day, the racial, political, and other tensions ripping people apart. And these are just some of the concerns. Let's not even mention my personal concerns, the ones I deal with daily that stare me boldly in the face. All the same, I cannot allow these afflictions to have me so weighed down that I forget to praise my God. You will have your own concerns, health and I mean physical or mental health concerns, financial, familial, professional concerns. Yet, I encourage you, let nothing upset you let nothing disturb you let your mouth always be filled with laughter and your tongue with shouts of praise as in psalm 126 let the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart always be acceptable to the lord as we read in psalm 19. now does this mean that god does not want to hear our concerns Does this mean that God is a fair-weather God interested only in hearing our praise of him? Certainly not. Why do you think the woman who was crippled went to the synagogue? She understood that we are always to present our case to God. Why do you think Jesus saw her? Because God sees us in our need, whatever it may be, howsoever long we might have been shackled by the burden. This woman had been bent over for 18 years. God needs to hear our cry. He wants to hear our lament. He wants to hear us humbly confess our need. None of this is beyond the capacity of God. None of our concerns, none of our worries, none of our fears is beyond the capacity of our great and mighty God. But at the same time, he longs to hear our praise. Friends, praise serves 
a number of purposes. First of all, praise purges. Praise purges our spirit of the poison of the world, our personal concerns, as well as the cloud of darkness smothering the world. Praise refreshes. It refreshes us and restores us. It is not possible to continue to feel weighed down after we praise. Does it mean that our concerns disappear after we praise? Not at all. But what it does mean is linked to the next purpose that praise serves. Praise allays our fears. Focused on the goodness of God and turning our eyes towards Jesus, the things of the world grow strangely dim. Our focus is on God's omnipotence, his sheer power, and the insignificance of our personal concerns and the concerns of the world in the face of God's greatness and sovereignty. Praise insulates. It insulates us from the enemy. Praise keeps the enemy, the devil, at bay. The devil's grip on us is crippled in the face of praise to God. The sole purpose of the devil is to keep us so focused on the grimness of our circumstances to the point that we lose hope in God and we no longer feel moved to praise God. But praise counters the objective of the devil and places us on the offensive. The devil has no choice but to flee in the face of our unceasing praise. Praise secures. Because if praise insulates, it secures us. Praise becomes a God-inspired hedge of protection that revives the church and keeps the devil at bay. Finally, praise encourages. If we are secure, then we are encouraged. And in that encouragement, we are equipped to go out and to continue to face our storms and the storms of the world with the blessed assurance that victory awaits us as the end at the end of the race. What am I saying? Praise purges, refreshes, allays our fears, insulates, secures, and encourages and equips. Praise, P, purges, R, refreshes, A, allays our fears, I, insulates, S, secures, and E, encourages and equips. There is much that praise does, but praise does this only for the one who prays. P-R-E-Y-S. Prayer cements our relationship with God. And as our prayers go up, the reinforcement we need comes down and fills our heart so that we live in eternal praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, to our God. Friends, let nothing cripple our praise. 
And as we prepare to praise, I offer you this prayer of Teresa of Avila. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things will pass away. God never changes. Patience obtains all things. Whoever has God lacks nothing. God alone suffices. Amen. Armed with praise, I pray you love, peace, and joy.